This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Aaron Joe, the Director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Aaron, welcome to the program. Good to be here, Jason. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting because uh, I think it's been roughly a year, year and a half since I've caught up with the Director of the CTIC, and, and there's so much changes in cybersecurity, so many things happen. I, I was just writing a story on credential stuffing, a new term I just learned the other day. So there's so much to talk to about goes on. So it's great to catch up. But I'm going to start maybe at the beginning. You've been in your role now as director of CTIC for just about over a year. Talk to me about that adjustment. I mean, there's some, some surprises that come when, in, in this new role. What is some of those surprises, maybe even an aha moment? Certainly. Yes, I did come over from the FBI. I am an FBI agent who's detailed over to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence as the director. It has been an honor to serve in this last year, and I have learned so many things. I've learned things about the intelligence community and the way we function and work, as well as so many of those who play a role in cyber. Uh, a few aha moments. I think about those in a few ways. I've certainly gained a deeper appreciation in two areas. One, the need for and value of an independent entity like CTIC to integrate intelligence. And the second is the need for and value of preparedness. So on the first, I'll say, you know, when we think about the government, each individual agency or department in government has their own set of collection and their own set of information that they have to integrate just within their own department and agency. So it really does take a focused effort to get the integrated intelligence picture across the intelligence community. And there's no one else that does that. CTIC has a very unique role and responsibility in that area. And I've seen the value of that time and time again. Another thing in that same vein is each of the department and agencies, as well as in the private sector, have net defenders, but they also have intel components. And sometimes it's really challenging to get those two connected at the speed of cyber. So you have things that are happening on the net defense side, and you have the intel components that are looking at intelligence, but CTIC has played a role in several circumstances in which we were able to help make those connections happen faster so that we could increase our response time. And a lot of that is a function of the fact that we are a joint duty agency. We have uh, intelligence analysts and professionals from across the intelligence community who come and sit in our space and contribute uh, on our teams. So the fact that they have reached back into their own agencies or bring a perspective and understanding from their own agencies can be very helpful when we want to connect parts and pieces of government and information. And then I wanna go into a little bit about preparedness. You know, here we are in a COVID-19 pandemic situation. And now more than ever, we see the value of preparedness. And I think about this in, in a few ways. It demonstrates a level of commitment that's required to protect ourselves and each other as individuals and as countries and nations. It also brings to mind the far-reaching impact that we've seen from a single event. This is very similar to a cyber incident or the cyber world we live in. And I see plenty of application here. This pandemic has highlighted more than ever our interconnectedness and our interdependencies. And it also brings to the forefront of our minds the value of cybersecurity. So there's a lot of work being done for preparedness, and CTIC plays a role in that. But first, I want to at least acknowledge as a country how far we're coming. It's really exciting to see industry stepping up and making our devices and services more uh, secure than ever. And I love this country, and I want every person to see 
their own individual contribution in cybersecurity. And we do see individuals learning so much more about ways to be safe in the cyberspace, including our young people who are interconnected all the time and have to employ ways to keep themselves safe online. But for CTEC, I'm proud to be leading right now in a time when we are aggressive in our training and exercise plan and preparedness. This year alone, we implemented seven initiatives that we were uh, for following up to make sure that we were going to be as prepared for a cyber incident and to respond as possible. Some of those initiatives were small, things like internal uh, communications or improving our connectivity with the other federal cyber centers, but some were expansive on a national level. CTIC drafted the scenarios to be used in the national level exercise to tease out things in government that we want to improve and make sure that we can do well in a time of need. So a lot to unpack there and there's there good stuff. Let me, let me back up and start with the value proposition that you kind of started with. This idea that bringing people together, this idea of understanding the threat intel picture across the entire either intelligence community or more broadly across the entire government. Have you seen in, in the last year uh, this, this desire, this willingness, this, ex I'll call it excitement for lack of a better word, of the other agencies coming to CTIC, asking for more, asking for more, because the value they're seeing, that va they understand the value better than ever? We have in several ways. One is the integrated threat intelligence picture. And we work on that every day, and we provide that information daily. We have a daily product that goes to the intelligence community that's disseminated out as broadly as possible. And we get feedback from that every day. Some of our information ends up in the presidential daily brief. Some of we feed that information to over 250 briefers across the intelligence community. That product is used by those briefers so that they can prepare briefings to their principals across government. That's one way that we reach the decision makers on a daily basis, but we also reach the broad spectrum of analysts who have to work in this space every single day through that product, and they use it almost like a daily read. Think of it as, as reading a daily newspaper. We put together the current intelligence threat information with some context around it so that people can read what's happening in the cyber world and have it be easily and readily digestible and found in one place. That gives us all a head start in the middle of something that's very hard and complex and could take a lot of time and energy to find. Another thing that we find is we're, we are being looked to to provide lessons learned throughout the community. This has been a, a um, something that government continuously has to improve upon is capturing those things we do well and looking for things that we want to document so we can improve upon those and make them better. So CTIC is in a position and has been turned to to examine the way the intelligence community functions across in support of interagency operations. So we're not looking at the individual agencies, but we're saying, how did we do together? How do we share information across the board to support a particular whole of government effort or operation? And we've interviewed those who are closest to those operations. We've captured things that they're doing well, that they want to do more of, and maybe some areas where we need to improve in our intelligence flow and communications, as well as the type of intelligence that's needed and the speed with which it's needed. And we just published for the intelligence community, it's a classified product for the intelligence community, lessons learned on a particular operation. And we've already had two agencies reach out to us 
to let us know that it is a value and they want to look at it further to take additional action. I want to clarify one thing because I think it's important. I think CTIC initially was thought of uh, when it was developed several years ago as a government-wide place to share information about cyber, um, both classified level and, and on the unclassified level. Are you guys uh, at CTIC still sharing across the entire government or are you more focused on, on maybe the classified level for the IC and other agencies that w- whether or not they play in the IC but have a, have a need for classified information? Uh, I think it's, let's clarify where, who your customers are, if you will. Yeah, our customer set is as broadly defined as possible. And one of the key roles and responsibilities that we have is to get information published at the lowest classification level possible so that it can be of use to the broadest set of customers possible. So every day we're going through um, all the different forms of intelligence that we get, not only from the intelligence community, but more broadly as we have access to others who have cyber intelligence who may not be in the intelligence community, but may be in government. We also look to private sector and we also look at open source. There's a lot of information about cyber and open source that helps increase our situational awareness and provide context to maybe things that we know in other arenas like the classified environment. So CTIC is one of those unique places where we put that information together and we also have the benefit of looking at all those intelligence sources and finding the same intelligence at maybe a lower classification level so we can publish it at the lowest classification possible. Let me give you an example. Let's say that CIA or NSA collects something from a sensitive collection and the way that they would publish it appropriately classifies it at a high level. But let's also say that someone else, perhaps industry, has some of the same information and they were able to publish it in an unclassified manner. CTIC looking across, we can see oh, here's something that can help round out this intelligence picture. I don't need to ask CIA or NSA to declassify it, which may or may not even be possible according to their own regulations based on how they've uh, collected the information. But instead, I can piece together some of the additional information from an unclassified source, put it together in a threat picture, disseminate that, and make it readily available to others to disseminate further. So the general public will not see a CTIC product in all likelihood. Instead, FBI and DHS already have established mechanisms of information intelligence sharing. They have relationships. They have ways to disseminate information to state, federal, local, tribal, territorial, fusion centers, other partners, foreign partners. They have many, many relationships and sharing mechanisms already in place. Where we provide a service is providing the information that already exists out there and compiling it and publishing it publishing it in a way that allows for the broadest dissemination possible. I'll also share another example of where we add efficiency in this area to make information most readily accessible. And that is if an agency publishes information at a classified level, and we know that information is something that everybody's going to be interested in. Typically what would have happened is each individual agency across government would send a request to that originator or collector asking for the information to be downgraded so that they could use it and disseminate it further. And then that agency that held it would have to go through the process of declassifying it and send it back to each requester, sometimes multiple times. But with CTIC in place, we're able to make the request on behalf of the government, of the others in government. We're able to get the downgraded information, publish it, 
and disseminate it broadly so that then it can be consumed by those who have direct access to CTIC products, but also can be redistributed out as I've described before. So we are able to reach the broadest audience possible just through adding some efficiencies in government and by virtue of the fact that we sit on top of all those collections in different forms of intelligence. That's a great explanation because I think one thing that want to make clear is that nobody thought that this is just for classified because if a uh, chief information security officer is listening or somebody in the information security field is listening going oh great now i don't have access to it but they do and i'm sure they also get it from places they don't realize they're getting it from maybe from the fbi or maybe from dhs who's reshaping it putting it in some sort of other decision making document type thing so that's that's all helpful that's right. And also for your listeners out there in the federal community or in any community where you publish intelligence, I will urge you to remember to publish at the lowest classification level possible because we might be a consumer and others are consumers and everybody can make that information go further, faster if we get the information at the low, lowest classification level possible as soon as possible. Yeah, so I've heard that over the years. People uh, always want to overclassify things and, and it's all about secure information sharing. Aaron, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest today is Aaron Joe, the Director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I'm Jason Miller and you're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Looking Glass, on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Looking Glass on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Aaron Joe, the director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Aaron, before we break, we're learning a little bit about your background a little bit. Uh, you came over from the FBI as a DTLE. You also talked about kind of the two big aha moments. We talked about value, and then the other part of it was preparedness, which I think is, is fascinating. And I just want to dig a little bit into that preparedness idea. One of the things you mentioned was one of the things CTIC did was work with uh, the kind of government-wide exercises around training, planning, preparedness. And you guys developed, I think you said, seven initiatives. And one of those was around this idea of the exercises and plans and preparedness. So if you're able to talk a little bit more about what that meant and what it is and what it looked like and give us a little more details. At the national level, there's a national level exercise that all of government participates in on a regular basis and recurring basis. And they are based on scenarios that are designed to tease out all those areas of government where we would have key decision points to make or key integration that we would want to exercise well in advance of, of any event or occurrence. Some of those historically have been uh, on the terrorism topic because terrorism obviously was something that we needed to come very closely together on as a government and make sure that we could work as seamlessly as possible. Cyber is one of those now that we recognize is of great importance and we want to increase and enhance our preparedness across the whole of government. So for over a year, CTIC has been working to, with, with others in government to craft the scenario in a way that will help tease out those areas across government so that we can practice our communications, our collaboration, our authorities, our capabilities well in advance of an event. We've been crafting the scenario. We've been working with our outside partners as well as inside partners so that we can understand where some of those points are of concern that we would want to exercise and improve upon. 
this has been building over time. So it's not just a single event, it's been building. So in government, we have multiple layers of exercises that happen and CTIC is supporting it at every level, building up to that national level exercise. Another thing I would love to mention that I think has been fantastic is several entities within the National Security Council, one that covers resiliency, another that covers intelligence, and another that covers cyber, have decided to come together as part of those levels of preparedness that I've been talking about and bring together those elements and partners in government to have these conversations at multiple decision-making levels, again, well in advance, so we can work on preparedness. One of the major initiatives this year in government is to make sure that we are including the sector-specific agencies to the greatest extent possible. That's part of our initiative in CTIC, it's also part of a national initiative as well. So, for example, the scenario may involve something along the lines of a cyber event that would then trigger physical consequences as well as cyber effects or consequences. And if that happens, then we have so many different layers of and, and, and agencies in government that play a critical role. And sometimes we haven't interacted all that often or frequently. So this gives us an opportunity to figure those things out. A perfect example of this is FEMA. FEMA is one of those agencies that has a lead responsibility when there's a, a physical event and they make sure that they come in and orchestrate government to operate a particular way. Well, intelligence components don't typically work with FEMA on a regular basis in cyber. This is something that's developing. I'm not saying we never do, but it's not a common partner. So how do we partner with FEMA and make sure that we get the information to them? I'll give you another example. The sector-specific agencies, one of them for commercial, uh, physical locations is GSA. Obviously, GSA is very concerned about any event that could impede our ability to get into these physical locations that so many of us in government report to work at every single solitary day. But yet, CTIC doesn't necessarily interact with GSA on a regular basis from an intelligence perspective. That was another aha moment in my position to say, you know what, I need to make sure that we are connected. We do think of them because they do need to know the intelligence that we know and how will that intelligence flow and how can we improve that so that if there were a cyber event that had physical ramifications, we could connect those parts and pieces faster. This is becoming even more important. And I think as goes back to maybe tag back to the value piece is that if you think about a GSA location and I work with GSA closely, I love to quote unquote pick on them. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but they do a great job and, but their buildings or their HVAC, right. Or their, all the technology that feeds into the telecommunications, all of that is now considered technology and it's critical infrastructure. And therefore right. if something goes down, that just doesn't affect you from an intelligence community perspective, if there's an attack of the critical infrastructure, it affects the ability just for somebody at GSA to award a contract to get medical supplies or just to get IT services. And uh, th that interconnection, I think, is, is starting to come through. And I think that's why I think the national level, level exercises are so interesting. Can you go back as well about the um, National Security Council just a little bit? I know there may be some sensitivities, but is it a series of meetings that from you know the, the director level on down to the field level are you able to kind of when you say there's multiple decision making levels or working on preparedness what's that look like generally speaking 
The National Security Council works at multiple levels and we have different groups that meet under the council. So for example, there's a cyber response group, there's a resiliency group, there's an intelligence group and others. So as, as a director, I participate in those and there will be other directors or deputy directors uh, or at that senior level that meet on a regular basis to talk about those issues and problems and concerns and current threats and whatever it is that's a, of particular interest to that group at that time. The brilliance of this new way of looking at the preparedness capabilities is, the, is bringing those together across government and yep. facilitating conversations to bring in all of those partners that maybe each one of those elements works with on a regular basis so that we can work better across. The very famous saying across FEMA is you shouldn't be shaking hands for the first time with someone when you walk into the disaster. And I think I think that from a cyber perspective is also something that's really come into focus in the last five, 10 years or, or so. I want to move us over to a different discussion because there's plenty to talk to here. But but you talked about your staff a little bit and, and how CTIC is made up of a lot of detailees. Uh, there's, uh, I think, two pieces to that is, is where do you find the people, right? Because cyber expertise is in limited resources. And, and there's maybe a little bit of a concern that says, well, are you robbing Peter to pay Paul, so to speak, because you're taking cyber experts from one agency and putting them into another agency. Walk me through the kind of that, that process and how you kind of find that right balance. Well, thank you very much for bringing that out today, because we want to dispel some of those concerns. We are very sensitive not to do the things that you're describing. So we are, again, our very small center. We bring joint duty assignees from different agencies into our space, but there aren't very many. There's only a few from, from each of the agencies that participate. So it's not like we're taking hundreds of people from each of those agencies. We're taking just a few. As each agency gives us just a few, that gives us the ability to provide some of that interconnectivity that we've talked about, as well as the reach back into their own agencies. Another thing is that we're very cognizant of the limited cyber expertise, particularly in government. We do not want to rob from that pool. We want those experts with that expertise in the places where they can add the most value. And for CTIC, the way we view it is we want to bring smart analysts, qualified analysts, people who know a lot about perhaps a country threat or some other area of expertise, but they want to learn more about cyber and they bring their analytic rigor and expertise, but we put them into a cyber environment where they can learn more about cyber. We also provide training opportunities. So the analysts that come to our JDA location are able to get paid training so that they can increase their own cyber knowledge and expertise. So between training and awareness on a daily basis, we're providing a service to the community because as those JDAers go back into their agencies, they now have greater knowledge and expertise of cyber. And finally, this is a really important piece. We always talk about cyber as being a team sport. There's no agency out there that thinks they can do this by themselves. Well, that means we have to learn how to integrate. CTIC provides a real life example of what integration looks like. It gives a great understanding of how each agency views the cyber problem, how each agency works. So our JDAers get the opportunity to sit next to their peers in, from other agencies, learn more about them, exemplify integration, so that they will go back to their agencies and remember how to be better interconnected across government. I think that's very helpful because I think the joint duty piece is key as well, because you're learning, 
hey, if I only have an NSA perspective, I'll never learn what the CIA does or vice versa. If I bring it into the FBI perspective like you did, you may not understand, oh, okay, that's how DIA does it. But by having that other connection with that person, such sense. Oh, we're going to take a quick break before we do that. Let me just ask you, there's been some reorganizations going on throughout the IC community just recently in the last month or so. Creation of a new IC cyber executive. Seems to me that CTIC maybe fits under there. What can you tell us about what this newer reorganization is going to affect CTIC, if at all? It will bring together several elements within the ODNI into a single office. And I'm very excited because I think it will provide that focal point that ODNI can then provide on the cyber uh, to, to enhance their cyber posture. So I'm, I think this is a great thing, and I'm looking forward uh, to that reorganization to improve our ability to defend in the cyber realm. Okay, I know there'll be probably much more to talk about as we kind of see things kind of play out a little bit over the next uh, couple months or so. So uh, more to catch up with you there. Aaron, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest is Aaron Joe, the director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Looking Glass on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Looking Glass on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Aaron Joe, the director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Now, Aaron, before break, we're talking a little bit about the, the makeup of CTIC. We've talked a little about staffing, and you talk about value and preparedness. Let's dig a little deeper now. And one of the things that CTIC released maybe several years ago, three or four years ago now, is something called the Cyber Threat Framework. Just quickly, give me the sense of what those four stages of the cyber threat framework are, and maybe give me a sense of how it's evolved over the last few years. The cyber threat framework was actually a community-wide product, and it is publicly available. So if anyone would like to look at it and use it and see what it's all about, you can find it on the dni.gov website. It's been very useful for us in government, and it does go through an event in four stages. We examine it, we examine it in four stages. One, preparation two, engagement, three, presence, four, affecting consequences. So this framework has been really important for government because it provides a common language and a common understanding of the phases of an attack so that we can increase speed in response. So the faster we can understand what's happening in a common way, the faster we can respond. And I can tell you just in my own experience, having been part of interagency phone calls as a res as the result of an incident occurring from the FBI perspective. Several years ago, when all the various agencies involved would get on this phone call so that we could get an understanding of an incident, we did not all use the same language and we did not discuss it in the same way. At that time, several years ago, it would take multiple phone calls before we understood the incident in the same way and before the agencies that had access to critical information understood the questions that they were going to be asked in those calls so that we could increase our response time. Just recently, I was part of an interagency phone call as a result of a concern that we had of an incident, and it was amazing to me the progress. People came to the call prepared to discuss exactly what they were seeing, what they did know, and what they did not know in terms of the language and the levels consistent with the cyber threat framework. And very quickly, that phone call, I think that was maybe 15 minutes. And we had a very clear understanding 
of the incident at hand. So we've definitely used the framework and it's evolved in our uh, ability to use it with clarity and bring speed. The other thing this framework provides us is a way to characterize activity in a consistent way. And if we can do that, sometimes we can see trends or sometimes we can see evolution on the part of our adversaries. So for example, if we're looking at presence on the network and we're able to gather and research data that we know about presence, it's no surprise that we're starting to see that presence on the network, that our adversaries are able to move on the network very quickly. But now we have a way to research that because we've categorized that activity in a particular way. I, I just so want to ask you so badly what incident that was. Now, I, I know the answer probably is none of your business or I can't tell you, but is there anything more you can offer? And, and while I can't share the details of that particular incident, and I think that's the encouraging part here is that we are able to quickly understand in a similar fashion the things that matter most to decision making. So we can clearly determine, is this something we need to provide additional resources to? Is this something that's going to be ongoing for a long period of time? Is this going to involve significant cleanup efforts? Or is this going to disrupt a, a victim's ability to provide services to a wide number of people who are counting on their services? All those questions, are, we are able to answer faster because of the evolution of our use of this framework. And as you said, I think previously, those calls could take multiple calls previously. Now in 15 minutes or so, things were, we at least had a, a, the initial understanding of, of the incident ahead of you. And, and I think that's such a good news story. I would, I would definitely uh, encourage the CTIC and, and the, the community to provide as much use cases as possible, because I think people need to know that, that there is success and it's not all doom and gloom in the cyber world, which actually is a great segue that leads us down to the doom and gloom part of this discussion. Uh, what are the trends you're seeing uh, among the cyber threats? Obviously, ransomware has been big recently. You mentioned spear phishing has gotten better, so no more Nigerian princes trying to give you $5 million for, for $5,000. Give me the sense of what you guys are seeing. It's probably not fair to call it necessarily a trend, but I think it's critical for us to always remember that our adversaries are persistent. So we continue to see Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and others using cyber means for espionage and using those cyber means in any way that they can to get an economic, military, or political advantage. So we continue to see activity along those lines. And we know that our adversaries are willing and able to manipulate the minds and machines to steal information to advance their own interests. That continues, and it's very real. From a trend standpoint right now, the COVID-19 uh, situation is at the forefront of our minds. We are on high alert to anything that would disrupt our ability to provide care, communication, or response for this crisis. So, even though most of government in some way, shape, or form has scaled back on some non-essential services, this is an essential function. We are on alert to anything that would interfere with our ability to provide those services during crisis. What we can say is that we in CTIC watch what's happening around the world. Because if we see something that happens elsewhere, we want to learn as much about that as possible so that we can share that here with our country to harden our targets. For example, Italy had a cyber event occur in which it affected their social security 
agency. And it affected that agency right around the time that their citizens were going to use those services to get COVID-19 benefits. That was something that was in open source that CTIC took note of and used that information to share with the agencies to say, hey, we need to pay attention. We need to be alert. If something like that can happen overseas, we wanna make sure that we're prepared so it doesn't happen to us here. Because initially, every agency is very concerned about making sure that they can provide a service. And sometimes that cyber piece or cyber threat is a way that our adversaries can come against us indirectly to affect some of the things that we care most, most about. Another thing we saw was in the Czech Republic. There was a university hospital that had an attack and as a result of that attack, it delayed their ability to deliver COVID-19 test results. And they were one of, I think only 18 or 19 locations in that country able to process those test results at that time. That attack also caused them to postpone urgent services and reroute patients. So it's a very significant problem that we paid close attention to and made US government aware of so that we could harden our targets and be alert for anything that could be disruptive in any way. The next thing that we have seen much more of here in the US is the espionage. Every country is looking for information. Adversaries are using cyber as a means to get information about research or development, vaccinations, treatments, our national response, all of that type of information. And in fact, just recently, the FBI and DHS issued a public service announcement to increase awareness related to an FBI investigation of the targeting and compromise of US organizations engaged in COVID-19 research. And it's believed to be occurring by the People's Republic of China. So whether it's this incident or others, let's just step back for a moment because this is a type of information that CTIC follows and watches and we, we try to aggregate so we get a, a sense of what's happening by adversaries around the world. So if any of our adversaries can target research and development, that gives them an advantage. What we see as trends in ransomware are, are bad actors, uh, criminal actors typically, whether they do or don't have connections with nation state actors, but they're certainly criminal actors, increasing their attacks against targets they believe are vulnerable and most likely to pay high ransom amounts. Those ransom demands are increasing. We see ransom demands as high in the millions. So very high numbers. The other thing that's a bit of a twist here is the extortion that's occurring and along with the ransom. So not only are they locking these victims out and demanding ransom, but then they go a step further and then they demand additional payments under the threat of releasing information that they either did steal or ostensibly stole or make the victim believe they stole out to the public. So that kind of extortion activity gives them yet another way to increase a financial demand. And then finally, there's ransomware as a service now. So you no longer have to figure out how to conduct your own ransomware attack. You have experts out there that you can hire to do almost any part of that attack for you and share in the proceeds. That's extremely concerning. So the US government and CTIC is playing a role in that, is coming together 
and looking at this problem set and giving it an, a, a tremendous amount of focus so we can combat what we're seeing now. All right, so much there to unpack, but let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can uh, continue our conversation. My guest today is Aaron Joe, the director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Looking Glass on Federal News Network. Welcome back to listening to a special edition of Ask the CIO, sponsored by Looking Glass on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Aaron Joe, the director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Aaron, you went through all the all the different ransomware, all the different attacks that we're seeing, all the all the concerns, all the trends. Uh, it, it kind of makes me want to get off my computer here and move on to back to paper, but uh, we know that's not going to happen. So the key here is then is sharing this information, understanding, making sure that both executives at the IT executives and non-IT executives understand why cybersecurity is so important. And especially, you know, and, and we take a step back as it relates to the national cyber strategy. So walk me through a little bit about how CTIC is ensuring that this threat intelligence is, is definitely driving better decisions. Well, I'm so glad you asked. And this is an exciting time for me to be in government. CTIC has had the opportunity to contribute to the formulation and the continued formulation of implementation of the U.S. national cyber strategy. There are four pillars in that strategy. One, protect the American people. Two, promote American prosperity. Three, preserve peace through strength. Four, advance the American influence. And that means building coalitions around the world to work together to keep our shared cyberspace safe. CTIC's role to support the work being done in the national cyber strategy is in several parts. First, as you talk about the intel sharing, the integrated intel picture that we provide on a regular basis. We do two things there. We provide clarity and context. The clarity, not all decision makers in government come with a cyber background or know much of the technical aspects of the threats that we're facing today. So our biggest contribution in facilitating decision making is to report these threats in plain English, in a way that decision makers can quickly understand and then take action on. We do that in a number of ways. One, we do bring all of those experts in, like I talked about from around various parts of government, who know and understand the language that their principals or their decision makers back in their agencies will understand. And two, we do have a technical expert whose expertise we can rely upon to help us understand the nature of the problem and then put it into a description that will make sense and be accurate. Context, that's the other bread and butter of CTIC. We provide context. So we look at the history of the threat actors, the intentions and capabilities. We look at the geopolitical context. Earlier, like I talked about, there have been threats in other countries that we have seen, even in open source, that we were able to learn more about so that we can pass that information to different elements in government to take precautionary measures. So we are looking at the, at the world and we're looking for anything that might give us context to help us anticipate problems, issues, or concerns and warn ahead of time, as well as understand it better while something is happening so we can provide that context. Because we do that, we provide that information at all levels across the government and our, and our readership. 
I mentioned earlier about our products going to briefers, but our products also go to line analysts and anyone who has access to that intelligence in the community who can use it for their own decision makers as they see fit. A few other roles and responsibilities that CTIC has under are to support the national cyber strategy. One is to develop a framework of courses of action that the US government can use and put together quickly so we can increase responsiveness. We do this with other departments and agencies. We, we don't do this alone, but we have been very active in this space. And by providing a framework of the types of things that we want government to think about and have ready so that when something happens, we know the capabilities or we know the types of expertise we have in government that we can bring to bear against a threat very quickly. And then the third way that we're supporting the national cyber strategy from CTIC is that we have a role to help look at our progress against our objectives pursuant to the strategy. So this is really interesting because each individual agency in government tends to look at their own effectiveness or maybe they look at their own measures of performance or measures of effectiveness within their own agency against their own objectives. But this is a look across government to say, how are we doing all together against the goals that we set for ourselves against the national strategy? So we had to build a capability. We used a lot of the expertise that already existed in government and we brought that capability into CTIC. And now we're looking on the front end to say, what are the right things that we should be looking at to determine if we have made progress later as we look back on our actions? So all of these things will improve current and future decision-making. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. So we will have you back on the show again, and there's plenty to talk to. So first, let me thank my guest. Aaron Joe is the director of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Integration Center in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Looking Glass on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Ask the CIO. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.